The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to the iRacers Download from the Speed Sport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. I'm Justin Prince. Along with me is my producer, Richard Colbreth. Taylor Burris is away due to power outages. Plenty to talk about when it comes to the week of iRacing. Plenty to talk about when it comes to many of its competitions with some of its top competitors. To start things off with this week's edition of the iRacers Download, it's time to turn things over towards what special events and initiatives and competitions in action today being developed and being held by women that is screen to speed, an all-women's sim racing competition developed by the organization that seeks to create a pipeline for more women into motorsports from sim racing. One of the respective competitors from that is Ash Vandelay, an American motorsports streamer advocating for more women in the world of motorsports. Ash is with us for this week's edition of the iRacers Download. Thank you so much for being with us once again. First things first, how have things been for you when it comes to the, to the racing side? Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, it's been slow but steady progress. You got to make sure you got to make sure I get those practice hours in to make sure, you know, um, learning the track, learning the cars, etc. So it's been good. It's been a nice steady process and been fun. That's the most important part. How do you describe competing in the midst of this competition as part of this initiative from your perspective so far? The best word I can use is wholesome, which is an interesting word to use, especially in competitive sim racing. But um, everyone in the Discord has been so great. All the women that we're racing with are hilarious and they're so quick. So it's been really great because we've been exchanging tips, um, learning from each other, helping each other, supporting each other. So it's been really nice. Now, of course, when it comes to this competition, it's Brings plenty of different drivers from across the platform together. And you mentioned some of the various tips shared along amongst the competition. Again, that kind of focal point of the racing so far, what has that preparation process been like as part of this competition? Well, preparation-wise, I think it's learning the next-gen car in the Las Vegas road course, which is a unique combination that none of us have really experienced before. So it's just putting in so many laps. I think, I mean, for the Daytona 24, I always put in like a thousand laps before the special event. This um, is definitely rivaling that number of laps uh, and trying to get those times down, considering everyone is so close to each other by tenths of a second. Um, so just putting down those laps as often as I can whenever I can. Start things off to take a little step back for those to give some context here. You are also, as of this year, a career for BS competition. You've also been involved in multiple other competitions in the past, as well as had press credentials for multiple real world series, including the NASCAR championship finale most recently. How would you describe, first of all, how you got into motorsports? Sure. So my family immigrated from Poland in 1985. Um, and my dad is the conductor of any hype train of a Polish person doing something super cool. So the moment Robert Kubica was in Formula One, my dad said, hey, we have to support this guy. We got to we got to watch Formula One now. And I was like, uh, OK, no problem. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want, Dad. Uh, so that's how I got into Formula One. And I think that's just kind of progressed into hearing about other motorsports, reading about them, anything with wheels and a track, um, whether it's dirt, oval, road, I'll 
I'll be, I'm interested in unicycle racing, whatever it is. I'll, I'll dive into it and learn about it. Absolutely. And just looking at social media side of things in respect to as well, some of the content done in the past, you have a wide range of various different sports to start things off again in terms of the virtual motorsports side. Where did it start to reach the competitive side to where you started getting invited to not just the competition to race in? And in one case, with Jimmy Broadbent's competition, where it switched over towards that side, where you were part of the broadcast team for the 23 Hours of Older Charity Race this year. I just like to participate and just put help out the best I can. So I know Jimmy Broadbent put out the call that they needed commenters. So I was like, hey, I like to talk. And I like to talk about sim racing and motorsports. I'm happy to jump in and help. And then uh, competition-wise, I just ask. I'm like, hey, I'd love to do this. And people are like, yeah, of course. Usually, sometimes we're struggling for entries. Uh, we need that representation. So uh, I just put myself out there and hope for the best. Well, in that regard, in terms of the various different mentions, wanting to show those, or rather, your likes and from your website mentions, the, one of those being people who are inclusive, those interested in learning about motorsports. What has that been like to be able to expand the horizons for many of those in that regard who have that interest? Of course, part of your focal point is Formula One. It absolutely is. And then I know that I don't know everything, even though I've been in Formula One and interested in it for years. I Something about motorsports is you just learn every single time a season starts. You learn something new about the engineering about the folks working, new stories and such. So to bring that kind of perspective to other motorsports and learn along with certain people in my community and you know make it a, a good space to ask any question you want. There's no such thing as a dumb question, as I like to say, in my community. But then I say that mayonnaise is not an instrument, which is a SpongeBob reference. Um, <laughs> and just a little, just little giggles um, from the uh, from the community every time I say that. But essentially, the whole point is ask questions. If I don't know, I always say I'm not above googling it. So we'll Google it live together on stream and learn rules together and things like that. So just creating that kind of sense of community that it's okay to learn, it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to be wrong because people will correct you, and as long as you're respectful about it, it's that's cool with me. So for those who don't know, how did you get started on the streaming side to be able to make these connections? How did it start? Sure. Um, I'm pretty vocal about my mental health journey. Um, I've had general anxiety for as long as I can remember. And of course, during the pandemic, it was pretty bad, right? I'm in a small DC basement apartment at that time. I, you, you're not socializing, you're not going outside. I started watching Twitch because um, I played a lot of Stardew Valley, as I think we, a lot of us did, Animal Crossing. Um, Portal, which is one of my favorite games. I found some Portal streamers. And I just started interacting with people there and interacting with their communities. And it's been really nice. And I mentioned that to my therapist. And she said, hey, you should do that for a motorsports community. And I go, Haha, you're crazy. Um, but that was a goal we worked towards throughout the year. And December 2020, I started streaming. I My first stream was a Portal stream because that's what I was most comfortable with, the game and like talking through it. And eventually my best friend, Sal, my brother, David, uh, helped me with some Formula One streams because that's what we're very interested in. And it just kind of kept growing from there as people stopped in. They're like, hey, like we didn't know we could watch here. We we're not a lot of Americans doing Formula One watch alongs. And then we added NASCAR and IndyCar watch alongs for this year as well. So we have a busy plate this motorsport season. So curious in terms of those for the NASCAR side, how did you enjoy the clash? Oh, maybe it's a controversial take, but I enjoyed it. I, it is what it is. And I enjoyed it for what it was. It was I thought it was entertaining. Um, I know we can't get about five to 10 laps without a yellow flag, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. We hung out in the Discord of my community as we all watched it and just talked about it. 
And I it did what it had to do. It got people talking. It was all over social media. I thought it was entertaining. And I thought the cutaway shots to the crowd partying was <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, it can be interesting, to say the very least, when it comes to the real world side with NASCAR <laughs> this year. But back to the topic at hand. Of, so where do you feel it started to reach that turning point of the mainstream to where you're now towards 10,000 Twitch followers, more than 10,000 TikTok followers. Where was that turning point in your opinion? That's a great question that no one has ever asked before. And now I am thinking very hard. <laughs> um, I think it just happens gradually all at once. Um, I make educational TikToks as well as new TikToks. And eventually people start tagging you and things on Instagram like, oh, Ash, you should hear about you should talk about this on your stream. And I'm like, oh, well, like, thank you for the suggestion. And then um, if I, I started attending races and someone's like, oh, hey, Ash. And I'm like, I'd, oh, hi. Like People start recognizing you at races. Um, so I think it just kind of grew into like a, a nice community. And it's uh, I think it's when people start tagging you in things that they want you to hear your opinion on. I always find very interesting because I'm just a person. <laughs> I'm just another person who just happens to have a camera and likes to talk a lot. So um, when someone wants to hear my opinion, I really appreciate it. And then we have a nice discussion online, surprisingly. And just looking through some of the various talking points you've had throughout the past year alone with some of the drivers on the IndyCar side, for example. Basically, what has been the most memorable connection you've made so far as a result of what you've been doing with the content side as well as with going to these events? Sure. I had a series that I've since renamed. Um, it was called Women in Motorsport Wednesdays. We're specifically on Wednesdays, obviously. We talk about a woman in motorsports, whether it's a driver, behind the scenes, crew, et cetera, a historical figure. And meeting these women in the paddock, especially, for example, GT World Challenge America, um, Aaron Vogel, Sally McNulty, Ashton Harrison, they're so kind. And I people are always surprised when I emphasize kind, but you'd be surprised how many people aren't kind. So when you do meet them, you really cherish that. And they're so welcoming and happy to give advice. And they're like, of course, if there's anyone else, you know, who wants to interview or just is interested in racing, let me know. I'm based here, but I know this person over there. It's it's been a wild connection uh, meeting these women in motorsports and how encouraging they are and how excited they are. Um, Danielle Shepard as well from Chip Ganassi, who's an engineer so kind with her time like they're extremely busy during the race weekend and they're like yeah we'll take 30 minutes of our time to to talk to you and i'm like thank you so much i appreciate that so making those real world connections from the internet or twitter or instagram however i dm'd or finagled my way in there has been uh, probably one of the highlights in many cases drivers as well as crew members as well as across the world of motorsports is changing more and more for more women to be involved in the world of motorsports you've mentioned some of the importance with that what do you feel Maybe some of those respective steps that still need to be taken to to allow even more access to those wanting interest in motorsports. Why? I believe just not talking about it. Uh, Shift Up Now is a great organization that I've not recently that I've really started paying attention to in the past year or so. And for example, they are huge advocates for women in motorsports, as most huge companies are, and they've actually put their money where their mouth is. Literally, they've helped them they help these women racers gain sponsors get that pr get that media time really push them out there and 
show the world how incredible they are. And it's been great to see that kind of backing. And for example, I've seen F1 Academy come out recently and how they have a, an actual plan to get these women from F1 Academy to F3, F2 and F1 and have a real tier system and include their education about track analysis, data, telemetry, all the things that it becomes that comes with being a racer physical, mental, et cetera. So really having those foundational steps laid out, because a lot of people can talk about supporting women, but I want to hear how, like what exactly is the game plan and strategy? And those two big organizations seem to be the only ones who've done it so far in my eyes. And I think something really important that I think we sometimes forget is when, for example, Pennzoil has been a huge sponsor for Screen Speed. And just having folks saying, hey, Pennzoil, like, appreciate what you're doing, appreciate that, goes a long way. So showing that appreciation to the sponsors who support women in motorsports are huge because representation absolutely matters. And then I've seen at um, the National Hot Rod Association races, um, little women around the Pruitt garage is uh, super excited and um, ready to meet Leah. So I think I think it's huge and I think we can we can do a lot more, but it's it's really getting there with how many women in motorsport are supporting each other. I absolutely agree. And. When it comes to this competition, too, to turn back towards that direction, if you, for those that are curious and how to take part, first of all, the opportunity is available through the time attack competitions on the iRacing's UI. So for those looking to learn the UI system, there is a reason to go there. Until February the 12th specifically, and that's involving that track you talked about in terms of the Las Vegas infield and that road course. So essentially, what are your expectations for a race like that? Because it's the next-gen car on a layout that really isn't mainly used on the platform, to be honest. It's going to be entertaining, that's for sure, if that's the best way I can put it. Um, I'm sure we've now we've all put some laps down. I'm sure we've all are able to do the perfect racing line very well. But when there's a a bunch of us trying to do that same line roughly around the same times. It's going to garner some interesting results. Uh, but I, I assume it's going to be a lot of rubbing his race and happening and um, maybe some incidental bump drafting, whether we ask for it or not. Bump drafting on a road course. It's just, it's just going to happen. We're just going to, we're just going to do it by accident. And I, I was being nice when I called it bump drafting, but <laughs> a lot of incident points. We'll see how things fare out absolutely <laughs> amongst those, by the way, who have set the top teams times. Quita, Quita, apologies if on that pronunciation mark, has set the top time drivers with plenty of experience like Emily Howe, like Athena LeClaire, who's competed in some of the NASCAR college opportunities. Caitlin Hyde, who's been a longtime iRacing user on the platform amongst those. Christina Ryan as well. Who are you keeping your eye on the most in terms of who you've seen on the list? Outside of the one former Enascar driver who does not fit the criteria, Jarl Tyen. Uh, Emily Howe, she released a video too of her fastest lap. And she's mm -hmm. like, oh, this is how I did it. Or like, this is what it is. And I was like, man, I cannot copy that. <laughs> you were finessing those brakes and that accelerator so perfectly to get those extra tents out. Um, so I, I appreciate her advice, like I said in the Discord earlier, and how all of us are helping out. But Emily's really incredible. Well, on that note, Anything else you'd like to add before we let you get going for the evening? Once again, thank you so much. Anything else you'd like to say that I didn't ask about? I mean, uh, no, I feel like that covered really the, the meat of a lot of things. So I appreciate that. Where can fans keep an eye on you or follow along for those who don't know your Twitch? 
Sure. So I'm on Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, probably most social media under Ash Vandley, V-A-N-D-E-L-A-Y. That is a Seinfeld reference, not my real last name. Okay. On that note, thank you very much once again for the time tonight. Thank you so much for having me. That's Ash Vandley competing as part of Screen to Speed and its initiative for all-woman sim racing competition developed by Woman by Woman that seeks to create a pipeline to bring more women into motorsports from sim racing. We come back, speaking with the champion of the World of Outlaws iRacing Championship for Sprint Cars, Ty Rochelle, on his experience and his success from this season. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by my race pass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by my race pass. Let's get Justin Prince with you, along with the producer Richard Colbreth, as now we turn things over to the dirt side of the iRacing platform. A couple weeks ago, action picked up intensely when it came to the iRacing World of Outlaws CarQuest Sprint Car Series title, coming down to its finale at the virtual Charlotte Dirt Track. In the end, Tyler Shell became the first champion since, well, the multiple-time champion of Alex Bergeron and the first non-Bergeron champion since the era of Tim Ryan. Tyler Shell of Elbows Up SimSport joins us here on the iRacers Download. Tyler, first things first, congratulations on the championship and bringing down the multiple-time champion Bergeron. Yep, thank you. It was um, definitely crazy. I really didn't think it was going to happen about halfway through the season. Just had a mishap that I thought kind of screwed my chances, but um, I had some luck on my side and dug it out and um, was able to get him in the last race. When it comes to the points format, also very difficult, where one mistake could potentially cost the championship. Two can be very detrimental. How would you describe that final night from your perspective for the championship race? Um, I just went in, um, tried to do as best as I could to get maximize my points and um, do everything I could. After qualifying, I saw he qualified, um, I think it was mid-20s. I know he started sixth in a heat race, so that puts him about low 20s, I think. But uh, yeah, I just knew after the qualifying, and just needed to win my heat race and hope he didn't transfer and just was able to gain, I think, four points through the heat. And that made me so I could have less of a gap between us and the feature and uh, then just hope um, he wouldn't be able to make it through the field. What was the family reaction like to picking up your first championship in iRacing competition at the major esports level? Uh, it, was, it was great. It was amazing. Um, my dad was home. My mom wasn't. But um, just as a team aspect in Discord, we probably had, shoot, 20 of us. Uh, once I um, took my headset off, there's probably 20 people in Discord. So that was really cool. And just um, my phone was blowing up and stuff. So that was pretty damn cool. Well, disclosure for those listening in on the iRacers download, have had some experience working with Elbows Up Sim Sport when it comes to the Big 500, when it comes to racing the Lotus 79s at the virtual Indianapolis-based racetrack. When it comes to the organization, how would you describe that drive to try and go after the championship this year after having several of your teammates, including yourself, in the conversation in the past? Um, Honestly, uh this is probably the least as the team whole was probably the least amount like everyone was invested in it. It probably was just uh, me and um, 
me and Braden and AJ and then uh, right before the season, we teamed up with Mason and Black Diamond to um, have a uh, partnership there for the season, and um, that definitely helped uh, me and Braden get back up on the back up to speed after we took a little bit of a break over the summer. But yeah, it's just um, biggest thing was just finding stuff I was comfortable with and um, running with it. Well, to say Mason Hannigan very much made major waves with the amount of feedback as well as how he was building the cars and his abilities in the last time the sprint cars ran i remember back so that's a major ad addition that i think may have gone under the radar yeah for sure um it was just kind of uh um have an extra person to bounce ideas off of and just going to monday and having that extra person with you in the series is huge um now you can get too many in the series and then you're racing just against your teammates which you don't really want because you usually tend to race them a little less hard and in the pro series you can't you can't lift you can't um lift it all or you're gonna just everyone behind you is gonna take advantage of it so um i'd rather i mean i think the perfect amount's probably four or five as a team to get in the pro series but um having three of us this year that was definitely better than just being me and Braden. And a big thing about this year's championship is the discussions on the celebration too. Full disclosure, things are quickly approaching towards the Dirt Car Nationals, and you get to claim your check right at Volusia Speedway Park in Florida in the next week or so. In fact, throughout the Dirt Car Nationals in the upcoming weekend, how excited are you to visit the Real World Action to pick up the check? That's, uh, I was telling people if I'd win that, I really don't even, that money means, money definitely means something, but, um, that trip down to Florida is definitely, uh, means more than the money. It's just, um, I haven't had the trip to go down to Volusia at all, so it'd be cool to go down and just get the big check and the trophy in front of everybody. I'll just be even sweeter. And, um, I think there's more stuff you get with it, like, uh, waving the green flag and a pace car ride. So and I'm guessing there's more stuff to come with it. So, um. Yeah, it's just the cool experience and stuff and being down in Volusia and being in Florida in February. You can't be uh, mad with that. Absolutely. Thinking back to the differences in terms of the answer towards the money side and compared to Bergeron with his multiple-time champions, but also Cameron Merriman, who used it for respective household goods and as well as his railroad racing side that picked up after the championship. I find it intriguing where you say the experience is bigger than money. Why do you feel that is? Or why is that rather? Um, the experience is once in a lifetime. Um, you, you always can make money and stuff, but um, that experience may never happen again. So um, and I may have never had the chance to go to Volusia. Like I've been lucky enough to grow up in Central PA, so I've went to all the big races in Central PA. I've gotten lucky to go to Knoxville and stuff, so it's been cool to be able to go other places, but I might never have the chance to go to Volusia. So having the chance to go there and, and enjoy it, um, is very cool and, uh, definitely remember it. Indeed. The curious part compared to previous years, Bergeron always put his championship trophy money towards his racing. Merriman put it towards part racing, part a new fridge for the house. What's your plans for the $10,000 check? Um, pay off my car. I, uh, halfway through the series, I, um, got in a car accident, totaled my car. So I had to get another car. So 
had some money saved up and a little bit more money on it. So pay the rest of that off and then the rest probably just go into a savings or um, to pay for races because I'm trying to go to the Eldoria Million this year and go to Knoxville. So um, it'll definitely help pay with that stuff and maybe pay for uh, a ride or something in a race car. That's actually the next point heading towards the real world racing on that side. What are some of the opportunities you're looking towards for 2023 in turn? I hope on a 305, hopefully sometime I can get a ride in a race car. I'd love to um, be able to race or even get the chance to even run laps and see if I'd be any good in it. It's just um, never really had the chance to do that. I've been able to lucky enough to work on stuff. So I kind of, which helped me on iRacing, just get a better understanding how the cars work. So, but yeah, hopefully uh, this uh, opens some, maybe opens some doors to um, real life rides. It's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Just keep an eye on what things happen. So now where's the focus going to be now on top of going to the Carnationals, where does your focus now lie for much 2023? Because of course, Sprint car series usually all the way towards the winter time. What's going to be the in between point of that? Um, probably right now, just chill out and um, enjoy i racing. Usually around the pro series, kind of just focus four ten sprint cars for three months. So I get to enjoy the other aspects i racing. Like um, I was able to run the twenty four hour. Um, I might run some more endurance races here and there, but um, just have fun. Um. And then come either the March or June build, try to build some notes because they're supposed to rework the tire and car and tracks. So get some notes built up on that. And then come fall, hopefully um, go back in at full force like I did this year. Here some thoughts on this. You mentioned the potential of the changes coming up in the next few builds, in fact, for the upcoming our racing seasons. How would you describe how big a difference of that could be. Of course, we don't know the significance yet until the build comes to its point, but I mean the need for it, or rather the urgency uh, of it. Um, I definitely think the cars need, uh, need a little refreshed. Um, there's some stuff in the setups that um, didn't work, but it works too good and kind of makes it un a little bit unrealistic. But if you get away from that, and put some real life stuff in the setup and stuff. The cars drive pretty good. It's just getting the setup to be real world or closer to real world than it is now. But um, I think it, it could be big because I think uh, if the tracks change, the lines and how the car races, I think will be the biggest thing other than setup. Because last time they changed a tire, the setups were completely 180 to where they were before. So. The, the first person to adapt to it and be comfortable will definitely be in the charge for the, over the summer. But uh, come fall, everybody's back at it. So um, everybody will be trying to eager to find that fast stuff and what works for them. So I'm uh, definitely excited, I would say, to um, see the new build and hopefully it's in the right direction. So on that note, now as an iRacing e-competition champion with the World About Laws and the Car Quest Sprint Car Series, what advice would you give to drivers coming up to the ranks who would look to try and add themselves to the championship list in the next few years? 
dumb. If you're new to the series, go in with an open mind. That's the biggest thing. People, myself, I've done it before when I did late models. Just you go in with high hopes and kind of like an ego, just high hopes. And um, it, sometimes it doesn't work out and you get frustrated. So just go in with open mind and just learn. That's the biggest thing. The pro series is a big learning curve. Um, the more years you're in it, the more experience, and the more when you practice, you're going to know what's um, what you're looking for. But yeah, biggest thing, open mind and um, don't let uh, people talk you down. Um, always um, dig as much as you can and um, try as hard and uh, you'll get where you want to get. Where can fans follow along with you on social media to keep up with where your journeys go, with your enjoyment of the Dirt Car Nationals, and also your potential in the real world of racing? Um, just follow me uh, on Twitter at ElbowsUpTyler85 or on just friend me on Facebook at Tyler Shell. Uh, I don't really post a lot, but um, I'll probably be posting from Volusia and stuff to... Um, show my experience that iRacing gave me and um, hopefully it attracts more people to iRacing and to their community. Um, they're at the blast. It's just um, it's a lot different than any other aspect of iRacing. So it just takes a little bit to understand the racecraft that you need to be at the top level. Well, thank you very much for the time, Tyler. Congratulations once again on the championship. Enjoy the time in Florida. Thank you, and um, thank you for having me on, uh, Justin. That's Tyler Shell from Elbows Up Sim Sport. Your 2022-23 iRacing What About Laws CarQuest Sprint Car Series champion coming away with the victory to walk it off at the dirt track at Charlotte on January 31st. With that, more iRacers Download coming up right after the break. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by my Race Pass. It's time to go through the news of the week, and what's expected to be another busy upcoming week, especially for upcoming competitions on the platform. Let's start things off, though, with the discussion of what happened in the past week. The kickoff for the 2023 season for the Porsche Takeover Esports Super Cup went to the Hockenheim ring to see which drivers could conquer the circuit this year. To start off the season, Zach Campbell picked up the victory in the feature after passing Lasse back early in the race and then controlling the balance of said race as part of a Team 1-2 for VOS Coenda Simsport. Charlie Collins finished off at second with Alessandro Bico in the top three. Part of the festivities this year, competitors also took part in the All-Star races once again, featuring real-world pros and popular content streamers. Amongst those coming apart in competing the championship for that side this year, Casey Kerwin, Tony Kanaan, Borja Zazo amongst the drivers. But to start off the season, Yardier took the top spot after the inversion for the feature race for the all-star side of the card. Zach Campbell, as mentioned, picked up the 15 of 18 laps led meanwhile, as talked about in the feature of Collins, Biko, Jordan Caruso, and Diego Pinto, the defending champion. Charlie Collins enters the second round of the season in turn with 73 points and as the points leader with his speed from the previous portion of the round. Caruso, Pinto, Campbell, and Bico, the top five. The next round heads to a new circuit on the platform, Circuit to Never Make Me Cores, 
in France. It made its iRacing debut the end of last year, and will now make its pro competition debut Saturday, February the 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time with all-star action at pros at 2 p.m. To keep an eye on the action, be sure to keep an eye on it by or learn more of it by going to iRacing.com forward slash P-E-S-C. Turning things over to what's coming up. How about some new developments? In the past week on February the 3rd specifically, Tony Gardner released details of iRacing's developments when it comes to the tire, which discussed the lawn in terms of some of the development on the dirt oval side coming up for the platform, with potential changes to the dynamic track surface, tires, physics, dirt, water, and more. It's part of future updates. Essentially, the project also explained how the tires would also be impacted long-term with the impact of rain. In other news, that respective development is something that's been coming along with some new hires coming over from Slightly Mad Studios, a former sim development studio with experience on former platformers and other platformers across the space like Project Cars. To learn more about that project or to read for yourself the potential updates and developments and projects being talked about, be sure to go to iRacing.com look under the news tab as there's plenty of potential discussions, such as the tracks discussed previously on the show, but also tracks like Masano were rumored as part of the announcements. This week, special event action gets ready to hit the mountain. Mount Panorama Circuit, all set to host the Bathurst 12, part of the Guy Racing special event calendar. Drivers will be competing in the GT3 cars as part of the special event which in many years, for the past plenty of years, should say, has attracted some of the best teams across the platform. But keep an eye on the action. Be sure to watch along on RaceBot TV throughout the festivities to keep an eye on the 12-hour race and see which drivers come on the top. Once again, RaceBot's coverage of the special event starts at about approximately 8 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, February the 11th. Once again, RaceBot TV. Also coming up around the corner, the next round for the Skip Barber Formula iRacing Series. Drivers getting ready to take the circuit for its second event of the campaign, this being on February the 9th. After the last round, Harley Haunton took the lead from Michael Janney, veteran in the closing stages, to pick up the victory over Diego Pinto and Sebastian Weldon, the son of open wheel racing legend Dan Weldon. That podium held for the second race as well in the previous round. And now, the drivers get ready to head to Road Atlanta. Cover starts 8 p.m. Eastern Time on iRacing social media platforms to learn more about how you can compete in turn for the following round of the Circuit of the Americas. Be sure to go over to the iRacing platform and try and put in some qualifying times while putting in the sign-up available on the iRacing website to make sure you qualify between February the 10th all the way up to Sunday, February the 12th, to make sure you get a chance to race for some potential points with the Skip Barber Racing School. And on that note, it's time to come to a close for this week's edition of the iRacers Download for the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. For Richard Colbreth, for Taylor Burris, I'm Justin Prince, saying so long for the rest of your day or evening. You've been listening to the iRacers Download. Have a good one.